and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 87 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Better now. <laughs> what did you do? I could barely hear that. <laughs> I was cracking open a cold one with the boys, and by the boys, I mean you specifically, the boy, Jeff. I am the boy, yes. The one, the one boy that I do this podcast with. You know, I, I, I didn't have time to catch All my up. other friends are off screen enjoying the podcast too. <laughs> I get your I get your joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so I, I didn't catch up on any wrestling drama this week except for, you know, the uh the uh, the, the Nueva and Dinamita is suddenly leaving CMLL. That kind of blew my fucking mind yesterday. Which yeah, something I'm not super familiar with, but like uh so for me who isn't familiar and for AEW fans who aren't really familiar or don't follow CMLL, can you give like a really quick synopsis of why this matters to the wrestling world at large? Well, because the these were some talents that uh they they were actually you know, title holding talents. Um you know, Sansong Quatrero and Forestero who are all, you know, some sort of you know, they are, uh, you know, related to the classic luchador Cien Caras. And, okay. um, and, and uh, you know, they're riffing off of Cien Caras' old unit, the, the original Dinamitas. And uh, they were, you know, not only, you know, trios holding uh, wrestlers, but uh, Cuatrero was a title holder as well. A singles title. So and active title holders that cut ties with the roster. Abruptly. Yeah, abruptly. Like they were supposed like they 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 main evented Arena Mexico last Friday and were supposed to main event this Friday. Oh. Like, that is very intriguing. What so really quickly, uh what do you think that means? It it seems to be, and you know, admittedly a lot of um you know, a lot of this it, it comes from, you know, the Cubs fan. Uh, over okay. at luchablog.com, you know, friend of the show and for and a, a former guest of this show as well. Um, basically, there seems to be maybe some cost cutting going on, and a lot of that it comes down to uh, not being related to Ultimo Guerrero. Uh, okay. Even though apparently one of the the Dinamitas, I think Forestero, is actually married to Ultimo Guerrero's daughter, oh, but right. yet. That- you it, know, it, business and you know, you get mixed in business and family it can be sloppy, brother. Well, it I mean, be sloppy, uh, yeah, sloppy stuff. But this is lucha, and there's a lot of mixing of business and family. There <laughs> certainly is. There certainly is. And you know, I think there's a lot of things that like we as AEW fans can take away from this. One, like a big trios act being uh, uh, cut abruptly or leaving abruptly, 
in the midst of AEW possibly figuring out a trios roster. Stay tuned on that. Uh, there might be something happening there with AEW and a trios uh, uh, like title situation. Uh, maybe we've seen a lot of like what abrupt releases have meant, uh, from the WWE to AEW pipeline. Oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of of stuff going on in the wrestling in the world and a lot of like moves and shakes and things that are happening that you may not be familiar with or may not think are significant could have like implications in other spots. And so much is just kind of like a butterfly effect of wrestling, right? Like all these different moves are happening and they're affecting all these other things. Um, you know, for us as AEW fans, I think keeping an eye on Adam Cole is probably a, a big example of this, right, Jeff? Yeah, Where I mean, yeah, Adam and that Cole was something, was... yeah, we forgot to mention. I completely forgot about, uh, you know, the Friday Night Massacre that just happened in NXT. Right, and, and, and some of those guys are Adam Cole's, like, friends or stablemates. And this was allegedly on the same day that he had a meeting with WWE about his future with the company. So really interesting there. Uh, you know, if his contract does expire post SummerSlam, like uh, reports are saying, he would be free to show up on September 5th at All Out. And I think that's the spot were he to end up in All Elite Wrestling. Does that sound right to you? I mean, it, it seems likely given, you know, of course, Brits here, too. And, you know, and, you know. I, I can see where maybe a couple and, you may know, Adam want to. Cole's been on being the elite. He is friends with all those guys. Uh, former you know, former he, Bullet Club member, you know. Former Bullet yeah. A lot, a lot of ties there for Adam Cole. So it would be very easy to slot him in, and there's a lot of places you could have him. And there's a lot of matches Adam Cole can have. I'd be worried about what to do with Adam Cole, the wrestling character, and how Adam Cole slots into the current situation, especially towards the top of the card, where I think the lane of like guy who's just a really good wrestler and wants to prove himself is being taken by Christian Cage at the moment. Right. So I don't really think there's a lot of room for Adam Cole at the top of an AEW card. But I do think that there's a way that this makes sense, and I hope it gets done right. I do expect a lot of you know uh, debuts to be happening. Before we get into tonight's show, it is important to, to point out probably that uh, Tony Khan, I think on Busted Open Radio this week, uh, when they asked him about Rampage and what to expect for Rampage, uh, as it relates to the second episode of Rampage in Chicago, he said, I think everyone knows what to expect from that episode of Rampage, was his quote. Okay, so, then. What, so he's kind of reaffirming what all of our notions are without saying it explicitly. Did you see Elevation or Dark this week? I did uh, both of them. I watched them on my Twitch stream. So that was really fun in anticipation of, you know, the wrestling brain thing coming up, which, uh, you know, we'll do plugs later. But you'll start seeing me on Friday nights doing uh, Rampage coverage on wrestling brain. I wanted to kind of work that ring rust off, be back on Twitch. I was doing some movie nights with Harry Mack. So I hopped on there. I played some GTA. And then, yeah, we popped on AEW Dark. We put on Elevation. uh, We watched some matches. There was some good stuff. Uh, Elevation, I thought, was really great because it was like 38 minutes, had like some short matches, but like effective and like fun to watch. Uh, Dark had a lot of good stuff happening, but it was one of those bloated two plus hour cards and it was just too long. Uh, I know that Hikaleo of the Bullet Club was on uh, was on uh, Dark. Hikaleo got himself a bit of a squash, about a three minute guy. Looked pretty nice. Yeah, but also I saw uh, earlier tonight uh, on on the Chiron that uh, Ricky Shane Page was on uh, Elevation. 
Ricky Shane Page wrestled Brian Cage. It was one of the matches that I had keyed on and wanted to see the most for good reason. Uh, we talk about Brian Cage in this podcast a lot and like all of Brian Cage's room for improvement and like how that raw potential can kind of be uh, uh, seen through to like a complete character. And I think this whole experience with Team Taz has helped him. We talked about his promos being inc- inconsistent but improving. Uh, so having a match with a ring veteran like Ricky Shane Page, a guy who can have really any kind of match, any type of match you want, was like a nice litmus test to see where he's at as a pro wrestler too. And this match was really good. Uh, kind of a hoss fight, but uh, you know, a way to showcase where Brian Cage's skills are at and uh, just very effective all around. Ricky Shane Page is great, man. This is not enough good things I can say about that guy. And with that, we go live to the Peterson Event Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on the campus of the University of Pittsburgh, which is the alma mater of one of my brothers. For dangerously ep- close to alliteration, there, and I like it. Indeed, uh, <laughs> uh, for episode eighty-seven, like Sidney Crosby of God AEW Dynamite, your host Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We start off with an MJF promo, um, where you know. I, the, the the biggest line, of course, is that he riffs uh, the the Cody Rhodes cage match, yeah, Warlow. But did you notice that they they keep dropping all these mythological references, and they, they he called him a titan. Yeah, I was like, oh, that was nice. That, yeah, that... I thought no, I, this and this has been written pretty well to this point. Uh, there is a lot of thought going into this whole thing. I think Chris Jericho has been thinking about doing something like this for a very long time. And now finally gets to like work it out like kind of the way he wants to. This feels like a script that you know, like a director has had a script like in a drawer for ten years, and finally gets the chance to make it. Yeah, I, I kind of know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, and, and you as a as a published author and writer, I'm sure has a script in a drawer right now. Oh boy. Would... <laughs> so. <laughs> hey, not yeah, not not a script brother let me tell yeah, you <laughs> but, but that's what this kind of feels like this feels like a passion project for chris that he's getting to do and it's working um i also want to point out that um five labors of jericho uh much like number five like detroit red wings legend nicholas lidstrom oh except this was labor number four but there's five labors there are five labors. Oh, uh, labor number four like uh, uh russian five legend slava fatisov <laughs> Uh, it, it's a legend. It, it, yes, it's labor. No, it, it's five labors, which is, of course, uh, one less than the number of Super Bowl rings that Steelers have. We well, go. I, in. I, I obviously can't argue Super Bowl rings. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait into that territory. No, you you may not. <laughs> I may not. You are barred from from this establishment, <laughs> sir. We go into our first match of the evening, in which uh, the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, uh, all executive vice presidents, uh, face the team of Dante Martin. Matt Seidel and, oh, God, creepy Mike Seidel. <laughs> okay, first of all, Mike's nice, but let's back some things up a little bit here. Um, we've talked a lot about the Young Bucks heel turn and their run and their opposition to Adam Page really being that, like, coming to fruition of them being just the worst, most annoying shitheads oh, yeah. on television. Um, and tonight, this opening of the show is just another great example of how this is paying off. That initial boo when they first walked out, dude, what an incredible way to start this show. 
like the first thing you hear from the crowd is just a vociferous, just passionate booing. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh with their chest, man. Pittsburgh is a a classic wrestling city, and uh, you know they, they showed they, up. They showed up. They, they showed up. I mean, you know, Bruno, we, we all know about Bruno San Martino. Uh, I have mentioned on the show before. Jesus, pardon me. Sorry. Um, I have mentioned on this show before that I am distantly related to uh, one uh, luscious Johnny V, Johnny Valiant. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It, 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 I mean, I, I don't think I ever met the guy. So, I mean, um, I mean, but... as an Italian American, Bruno San Martino is probably my cousin somewhere. <laughs> but boy, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just a damn shame. I was just talking about my uncle about you know, these shows today, you know, this and the rampage is happening Friday. And it's just such a damn shame that, um, studio, there's no surviving footage or very little, uh, surviving footage of studio wrestling, uh, mm. from Pittsburgh, because, uh, one of the, one of the persons who appeared on studio wrestling was one Shohei giant Baba. So oh, wow. I would love That's to big. see, I would and, love and, to yeah, see local that. wrestling and like local regional wrestling is so integral to like just the experience. Like what? And I think like a lot of what, like I could tie that into AEW now and like tonight's show really leaned into like, this is Pittsburgh. We're going to give you like our, you know, Pittsburgh heroes and we're going to lean right into it. And, you know, it feels like it'd be easy to do that, right? Like, it feels like that's just automatic. But, you know, the other guys, WWE has a reputation for doing the exact opposite just to spite, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just to subvert, like, you know, that uh, uh, cutting off your nose to spite your face kind of deal where well, how, you know, how... people in their hometown don't win, people in their hometown don't look good, that type of thing. AEW has said, fuck that. Uh, we have these hometown heroes and we're going to make them look good. And uh-huh. it started out with, you know, like letting the crowd be a character in this, this, in this first match. And it carried all the way through. Like how many times? Well, I mean, it's not just WWE. I mean, how many times did uh, WCW fuck over Ric Flair in, you know, <laughs> in the Carolinas? You no, know? that's true. That's true, too. Yeah, that's yeah. true, too. I think we have a lot of distance from that. So people don't think about it. Even though Flair was actually from Minnesota, but, you know, <laughs> uh, close enough. But anyway, he's also from Florida. He's from where Ric Flair is from pretty much wherever you want him to be from. Uh, this was pretty much a spot fest, uh, it, you know, like we kind of expected it to be. But, uh, oh, my fucking God, is Dante Martin absolutely 100 percent goddamn amazing. He's the truth. Uh, yeah, spot fest, maybe. But this match really came together and told a story in the last seven minutes. And that story is Dante Martin is a superstar and you only need to keep your eyes on him. Yeah, Dante uh, Martin. My God. I mean, and it, it takes, it takes a performance. So we'll start with saying Dante Martin showed up in every reasonable way. You could expect somebody to show up when they're given an opportunity to elevate themselves in their own status. Uh, you know, this is one of those deals where, you know, Dante Martin is out there with, uh, uh, with, with a veteran and Matt Seidel a veteran's brother and Mike Seidel, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega. Like, we're talking some big, serious name recognition and star power and people who are all recognized as really, really good wrestlers. You're the guy who's the least known here. It's your chance. Go out there and get it. And he absolutely sees every second of it. Just uh, incredible. Yeah, I, I, God. a truly inspired performance. Now, of course, he takes the pin, but, I mean, it takes all three of the elite to put him down. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
and yeah, of course, that's what it's going to take. But like the way we got there was just unbelievable. He was so smooth. Um, just putting little inversions on things on a, on part of his normal move set too, which I really appreciated. So you saw a lot of Dante's move set, but he just cranked everything up to eleven. He just added little extra half twists into things and little turns and like maybe one extra part of a combo, things like that that really like stomped home who Dante Martin is and why you should be paying attention. And it couldn't have happened at a better time because I would expect this is going to be one of their highest rated shows ever. Yeah, well, I mean. <sighs> Well, I mean, they are in the ascendancy right now, so, I mean... And and Dante Martin very much in the ascendancy. Uh, Yeah, this was just an incredible performance. Not a five-star match, but a five-star performance. Like, an individual effort. And, and, you know, kudos to Kenny Omega and the Bucks for making him look great. Yeah, and and I'll agree with that. Um, Afterwards, we get Tony Schiavone in the ring trying to give an interview. Don Callis, of course, tells the crowd that, you know, Pittsburgh has never seen championships... That's okay. true. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure, That's right. True. N- never, never, ever. Especially, they've never won a Stanley Cup, I know that much. No, never, never. Literally have, never seen it happen, so. Right, of course, yeah. Hey, Paul? 2008 Stanley Cup champions, did, Detroit did, Red Wings. 2009 did, Detroit Red Wings, 2010 Detroit Red Wings. It was just them every year. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Denial? Yeah. It ain't just a river yes. in Egypt, brother. <laughs> um. So with this, we get Christian Cage and Jurassic Express coming out. And, of course, they have already mentioned that it's now set the main event at All Out will be Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the uh, AEW World Heavyweight title. We expected Um, as much, but it was nice to hear them say it officially. A little bit of an underwhelming announcement. It was kind of like it was kind of hard. I guess it's hard to make this one, like because we all kind of saw it coming, you know. So I I guess they were just like, "All right, let's get it out of the way and let's 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 push this story forward." Yeah, and I guess I I understand that. Yeah, there was no real fanfare for it. Um, At one point, Christian calls Don Callis a carny piece of shit, which he then corrects himself to speak in in proper Pittsburghese, calling him a carny jagoff. (laughs) And that was very good. And Christian Cage. You know, it plays more into the the theme of this show, which was the crowd was absolutely eating out of the palm of their hands all night. And anyone that really engaged with them or was able to take advantage of that really got over on this show. Yeah. Um, So then we get a, a shock announcement. The very first match on AEW Rampage will be Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the Impact world title christian cage in an impact world title match and it it, the biggest possibly the one of the biggest impact world title matches in quite some time and it's gonna be on tnt this is huge i think it's great it's a best case scenario for pretty much everybody it's great for impact it's great for christian and kenny it's great for AEW. i think this is gonna be great it's gonna be great for rampage the first match coming right out the crowd's gonna be on fire uh, I'm really excited about this one. I'm really excited to talk about this one uh, on Twitch. This is going to be the first match that I review on Twitch, which is pretty cool. I'm really excited about that. Now, here's, uh, a, now here's a question for you. Ooh, fire away. Okay, here, here's a trivia question. Do you remember what the very first match on AEW Dynamite was? Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes? Yes, it was. Okay, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> all right, you got that Good. one. Um, now... Also interesting in all this, Kenny Omega is going to be defending two of his other titles in in a forty eight hour time span on two different in two different countries. 
because, of course, this weekend is Triple Mania. Sure is. Uh, Kenny Omega wow. contra Andrade El Idolo. Uh, even though well, there this was brings me to my to something, uh, my first point or first thing that I want to uh, I want to say in this podcast, I think Christian's gonna beat him. Really? On Friday, I think Christian wins this title on Friday. See, I think it's more likely he's actually Kenny's going to drop the Triple A belt, and I'll tell you why See, I think, and I'll tell you well, why I well, think well, that. Well, 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 what if he drops both belts? Uh, that will be uh, surprising as hell. If he drops would it both be surprising belts. as hell? It would because be. Because the story that we're telling with Adam Page and with Dark Order and with all them and this dominance thing, if these guys start dropping belts, what I was really hoping for, and we'll get to this later, I was really hoping for a different another title change on this show, but we'll talk about that. But if if Kenny starts dropping the other belts, that really brings up some intrigue as to whether or not he'll lose the AEW title. If he loses the AAA belt and the Impact belt, It'll really make us think he can lose that AEW belt, even well, if he doesn't. Well, see, I think he's just going to lose the AAA belt because, um, basically, because Andrade is, is uh, probably only really has two AAA matches in him, and it's going to be Kenny, and you the other one's going to be one Psycho. Are his two matches? Yeah, and and the, and the one he loses is going to be against Psycho Clown. That is very like. Uh, uh, like accurate to what AAA booking would look like in that scenario. Indeed. So I really believe this. <laughs> I believe you because it sounds like something they would do. So uh, also speaking of title shots next week from Houston on AEW Dynamite, the Young Bucks will defend against Jurassic Express. Put a pin in that because I have a thought for, okay. later, in the, for later on. Uh, after that, we get a, uh, a, a promo from Malachi Black. Which was, you know, very theatrical. And, and Most wow. importantly, he said society. Did you hear it? He <laughs> was did. like, we live in a society. He said, like, oh, we're in a society or like this is a kind of. He basically said we live in a society. Malachi Black is a type of joker is what I'm saying to you. <laughs> uh, then we get a preview of Roads to the Top, a show I will not be watching. <laughs> well, that makes one of us. Okay. No, I probably won't watch it, but I'll, okay, my girlfriend and I will check in on that show. Okay. Like, we, because, like, I mean, you know, I, you guys, everyone that listens to this podcast knows my feelings on Cody. We don't have to rehash it. Um, But I will, I have to know. Like, I have to know what the deal is with it. So well, I will pop in. And the other thing is, is that the, the, later on we get a, a commercial for another show I may or may not watch uh, for Heels on Stars. Yeah, stay wrestling listeners, drama. stay tuned about my thoughts on heels because it may not be the end of me talking about heels on in front of a microphone, is all oh, I'm saying. Okay. Uh we then get a promo from uh from God's favorite wrestler, uh the chosen one, the redeemer Miro. And Look, they, Jeff, I talked to God and he confirmed this. Turns out Miro actually is his favorite wrestler. Wow. Hey, you know, yeah. it, it, even the Almighty needs a favorite wrestler. Um, it used to be Sean Stasiak, surprisingly enough. Uh, me, <laughs> he was God. Look, look, man, look. I look. We, everyone, wrestling subjective. We all have our tastes. I talked to God. He was really into meat, uh, but now it's Miro. So you know, do with that information what you will. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, on Friday for at Rampage, uh, Fuego del Sol is uh, dead. Basically, uh, RIP, RIP. We just killed the club. Yep. There we go. Our... <laughs> they, should just, they should just license RIP by Jeezy to be Fuego del Sol's entrance. 
<laughs> Imagine if I go out, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I'd be into that. Our second night. Our second. All right. Our second match of the evening, Darby Allen versus uh, Daniel Garcia with uh, 2.0. Kind of hard to like, want, like, win a match when you're coming out to RIP. <laughs> you're kind of a jobber at that point. Yeah. Well, oh, funny story. Um, uh, Steve Stinger and 2.0 are out here for this one. Uh, this one wasn't bad. No, I, I mean, again, I don't know much about the 2.0 guys. You don't either. I hear, I keep hearing more about them. They were really big in Chikara. One of them used to do adult films, apparently. So oh that's my. cool. Oh my. I don't know which one. But, you know, get the, get the bag, lay the pipe. I respect it. Oh, my. Uh, so, but they can wrestle. They can they can really wrestle. Well, I mean, that that's good for, you know, being a wrestler. Being yes. able to wrestle. Um, anyway, Darby Allen uh, gets his arm worked over, but still gets the win over Daniel Garcia with a coffin drop. Daniel Garcia is really good. My Talk God, about isn't he, though? Like, really, really, really good at wrestling. Like, super good at it. Why? why are... he, looks, he looks more like a regional MMA guy than he does a national pro wrestler. <laughs> like, I feel like I feel like we shouldn't be talking about him. I feel like friend of the stream, Harry Mack from the bookies basement, should be talking about him like he went to, like, a CFFC event, like, in fucking Delaware. And, and like that's where they saw him, like like in a cage fight. He's like a he's like a four and three like regional pro, like trying to get onto Dana White's contender series. Hey, on that note, uh, spoilers for the end of the show. But Dan Lambert was supposed to show up tonight, and he did not. Apparently, that has been pushed to the Dynamite from Houston. I don't know why. Yeah, probably just timing, or they figured it would be better on that show. They probably had this show filled. You know, move you move stuff around. Um, wait, where's that one he's coming to again? Houston. This way, this one was in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That was in. Yeah, they're in Florida. Travels probably easier to Texas than it is going up to Pennsylvania. Well, you know, it, maybe it's easier moving from one COVID hot zone to another. Um, and no, all, that's what I'm saying. Is all that stuff's taken into account? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, post-match, uh, Steve Stinger and Darby Allen go after 2.0 proper. And, uh, yeah. That Sting's did, beat down on this looked great. I that, thought that was very That fun. did not end well for 2.0. No, no. But, like, Sting's a big guy. I don't care how old he is. He's a big dude. Uh, we then get a backstage promo from El Triangulo de la Muerte. And all, all three of them, thankfully. And Alex Abrahantes. Uh, and shockingly, they're not in a very good mood. Oh, go figure. Go figure. Um, Penta, of course, had the drip today. Good lord. Oh yeah, not the Armani Exchanger, which I do think is great because like it's drip, but like also it's like a thirty-six dollar T-shirt. I could go buy that at the mall. Like still, <laughs> like it's just, it's like it's still like I would like Penta is wearing something like an outfit I would have worn in high school besides the mask, and only because I didn't have the mask. Right, so there you go. But like, I, like as a as a teenager in two thousand and five, I would have worn that same outfit. Um, so uh, Pat convinces uh, Penta and uh, Ray Phoenix to not worry about Andrade El Idolo. Uh, he's gonna handle them. Uh, and, he, and I like how he motivates them on the side by saying, "No, no, 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 no. You guys got to focus on being tag team champions. You're the oh, best." 
So, so I love how he points them and he finds them a way to point. Oh, not only he says, don't worry about it, but find something to point them towards to distract them in the meantime. Right. Well, and I think this lays a lot of groundwork for things that can happen. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, it was uh, two years ago at All Out in which uh, the Lucha Brothers did defeat the Young Bucks for the AAA uh, World Tag Team You got to tell me, brother. I was there. So, uh, yeah. I was in the room, baby. So, yeah. Uh, and that was a really good match, too. Escalera de la Muerte. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's let, uh, let, let's get that bag. One of my favorite AEW matches ever, Escalera de la Muerte. It was fantastic. Let, let, let's 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 get that bag and, and get that match happening at All Out. Okay, uh, so what's the... Okay, let's just game it out a little bit, and then we're going to have to talk about it more on future podcasts. But just preliminarily... If that is the case, and if you were to have the Lucha Brothers wrestle the Bucks uh, at All Out, you can't do another ladder match, obviously. What do you do? Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, you could always do a tornado tag match. It could, but the next week's a, that's oh, the thing. And, oh, like, that's right. That yeah. sting, the Sting match is a tornado match next that's week. Right. The Sting Darby against 2.0. So maybe you don't want to. That feels like kind of maybe uh, mm. redundant. I got Is it in a cage? Yeah, but when do you you don't want to put the cage in the middle. You don't want to put a earned. cage. I feel like we don't have enough time to earn anything. That's what concerns me. That's why yeah. I brought this up. I, I got to kind of do this out loud. You know, you know I got. I mean? I, well, I mean, they're but they're blowing off the uh, the Jurassic Express thing next week. So maybe or maybe it doesn't finish clean because of all this nonsense that's happening. There's mm-hmm. a lot that's going on here. What I, I I like that All Out has a few things like firmly planted, but also a few things that are up in the air. And I really like how this card is coming together. And I'm kind of I kind of appreciate how we don't have that certainty just yet. I'd like a few surprises leading up to the show. Uh, our third match of the evening, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Wheeler, Utah versus Matt Hardy and Private Party. Can I just say, how low has Private Party stock dropped? In the- Not as low as you think. Um, uh, I can contend this. One, they're still just as good. Two, I think this Hardy family office stuff will pay off for them. I think the whole thing is treading water because the butcher's out right now. Um, and I think that's probably got a lot to do with it. Um, I think there's like a whole thing that they might be kind of holding off on and stuff. I think there's a lot of moving pieces to that. And here's the other reason why. They were wearing some uh, new ring gear on, I think it was on Dark. It was either Dark or Elevation. And it was a like modernized, like their style version of Hardy Boys gear. So they had velour t-shirts, a green and blue velour t-shirts respectively, and like studded belts and like the, like, you know, the, the Jinkos that the Hardy Boys used to wear with like the black with the white stitching. It was like that, but like skinny jean cut. Yeah, yeah, I do. Super fucking cool. It looked, it was like a modernized, updated version of the Hardy Boys ring gear, and I loved it. And I think we're gonna see more of that. And if we see stuff like that, and them kind of building on that, that like we've learned from the Hardy legacy, but we're taking it our own direction. I think there's a lot of places to go with them. They're probably treading water right now, but some of that also has to do with the tag team division just being too deep, right? Uh, maybe. It's <laughs> an embarrassment of riches. It is in that tag division. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so much going on. You have next week. You have this championship match with, uh, you know, uh, 
a Jurassic Express. And then we just talked about the Lucha Brothers possibly getting a chance in there. Uh, the Varsity Blondes uh, have a record that warrants them getting the ability, the chance. The Acclaimed would have been there if not for one of their members being very, very, very stupid. So, like, there's a lot going on in that division right now. And they have to kind of sort some things out. And that's going to cause a few people to have to tread water here and there. That's just the show. Uh, the addition of Rampage, I expect the women's division and the tag division to get a few uh, extra spots in there. So, we'll see what happens and how that shakes out. Well, so far, Rampage has had, doesn't have any tag matches, but it's, it's three not title yet. matches. Well, I, the, show's, the show's identity is not going to be tied into its first episode, too. We're going to see over you know the course of weeks and months and how it plays out and what they decide they want that show to settle in and be. The first episode is not going to determine it, I don't think, in any way. Uh, or While we're talking about the women's division, of course, Nyla Rose uh, uh, performs a sneak attack on Chris Statlander, who is their ringside. Uh, but uh, a great sneak attack, like this was that that was really effective. What I didn't like, Jeff, I'm gonna I'm gonna nitpick here a little bit. I don't like when they do those like interference spots only for it to like not mean anything to the match. You know what I mean? Well, spoilers, like, maybe. <laughs> well, so so there was so the the people who Nyla assisted got the desired result, but not as a result of Nyla's interference necessarily. Right. Like there was too much between those two events that it kind of diminished it. Does that make sense? I, I yeah, I I do see what you're saying, and the fact is that they did that. You know, not they did that just last week too. Wrestling things that just kind of annoys me and they do it on a lot of programs and a lot of different promotions. And it's like one of those things where if you're going to do the interference spot, it should directly affect the result of the match. Otherwise, why are we even doing it? Uh, once again, I thought this was a spot fest, you know, another spot fest, which is it's OK. You can have a spot fest. Uh, Matt yeah. Hardy does get the win on Wheeler Utah after a uh, twist of fate. Things that stood out in this is that Yuta continues to make the most of his opportunities and uh, and get eyes on him, which I like because I think that guy's got a really big future. And Matt Hardy, despite his limited mobility, can still like wrestle these type of TV matches. He can still show up. He can still get the job done. And, and you know, I respect it. I think that's really cool. Like, obviously, he's not what he used to be, and he's never going to be. But for a guy who can barely turn his fucking neck, like he's moving like Christian Bale in Batman 1. Like with the with the the hat on the the bat the bat hat right. Uh, I mean, that's pretty impressive, man. Well, uh, with that in mind, uh, Wheeler Yuta, of course, if you want to see more Wheeler Yuta, he will be at NJPW Resurgence this weekend. So yeah, that's true. I also I didn't see the match, but I am going to go back and watch it. Uh, Wheeler Yuta and the aforementioned Daniel Garcia uh, wrestled to a sixty minute time limit draw on IWTV 100 on Sunday. Oh, God. So if you want to see I think I heard that, about that, actually. I so. heard some great things. I'm really excited to go back and watch that match. Uh, I'm sure it banged. Uh, so if you have an IWTV subscription, I would recommend going and check that out. Uh, we then get a backstage promo with uh, Andrade El Idolo and Chavo Guerrero Jr. And um, he talks some pack. He does not talk any Kenny Omega. We have absolutely... Zero build for the Triple Mania match, but at the same time, I could also understand because legally, Triple Mania will not be available anywhere except Mexico. So, yeah, and I guess that makes sense. Like, why hype up a thing that you can't actually provide to your your viewers? Yeah, on I this mean, program. 
But it's you know, it just seems like it, it's just such a, a missed opportunity, and for both AAA and AEW. You know? Yeah, and probably more on AAA's part than anybody. I don't really think AEW cares that much. Like, if they could hype this match up, great. But they have their own storylines, respectively, with both these guys going. So honestly, it probably benefits them not to even like let this play into their show at all because Andrade has this thing with Pac. Kenny has the thing with the. Uh, uh, with the dark order and with everything else he's got going on. So like it might convolute things for the audience anyway. So uh, it's fine. The, uh, the thing is that like, you're going to watch that for the match itself. And the match itself is going to be great. Uh, we then get a, uh, a promo from Santana and Ortiz uh, promising that it's not over between them and FTR, even though, God alone knows when Cash Wheeler will be uh, able to wrestle again. Yeah, so. I don't know how long they're going to be able to do these vignettes unless they're just going to have Wheeler come out with like a big old club, which wouldn't surprise me. Cash Wheeler is a fucking madman. So like if he comes out there with one of them big old football clubs and just like, oh, I can wrestle. Sure. All right, fine. Figure it out. Let's see what you can do. You know, I'll tell you what. One day we're going to have to have a discussion about the similarity of names across a lot of people in AEW. Like, you know. The, okay, the, more nobody so has than... a name like Cash Wheeler. So uh, Wheeler Utah. That's, he, first of all, he's not an AEW talent. He's not an AEW signed talent. And Cash Wheeler is way different. It has different energy. Does it, though? They have five guys named Cage. Like, let's talk about and, that. And, and a couple named Page, too. Let's, let's not forget. They have multiple cages, multiple pages. Um, they have a bunch of mics, right? They have uh, a bunch of mics. Uh, do they have a bunch of mics? Do they have mics or do they have mats? They, I have, two they, have, mi mats. they have two mats, at least. They have at least two mats. Probably more. Oh, three, three mats. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seidel, Jackson, and, uh, and uh, Hardy. Wow, they should start a podcast. <laughs> God, uh, our uh, our fourth match of the evening: uh, Chris Statlander versus Nyla Rose. Um, Christ all fucking mighty! That scream from Vicky Guerrero. One of the best things I've ever seen in maybe my entire time watching television as a human being. Jesus, <laughs> I loved it so much. Christ. I loved it so much. Oh, that was so much. She's, and this is why I've I've sang Vicky's praises before, but it, like this is the kind of shit. This is why you have Vicky on your show. Uh, she's so much fun. That was hilarious. Just a really great spot. Uh, um... Let's go against orange cassidy's like chill energy with like the the shrillest a human being can possibly be good god mighty spectacular uh, this match was a lot quicker than i thought it would be not super long and a surprising result yeah i mean i mean nyla did beat statlander in their only other aew match way back at revolution 2020 but uh, yeah, I, I thought for sure this was going to be a Nyla's win, but you yeah, know. It's super interesting that, that Statlander is going to be moving up the card with him. Like Nyla Rose is a big contender on that show and beating Nyla Rose is always going to be a big deal. And it, we're not at this point yet, but I guess I could, you could sell me as being slightly concerned at Nyla becoming a bit of a gatekeeper. And I hope that's not the case. Yeah, no, but, I, I, I see your point, yeah. 
but she's a she's a spectacular wrestler. She still has a really good record, and her only losses are to either people she's already beaten before or few and far between. So I, I'm not at that point yet, and it's not time to sound any alarms as it relates to Nyla Rose. But I would like to see her back at the top of the card soon. Obviously, it's fine if you want to push the reset button on her because coming off a loss to Britt Baker and all that. She's not going to be challenging for the title anytime real soon. So, yeah, she takes this loss and then uh, maybe we get her you know, a few more wins on Dark. She crushes a couple jobbers and then we kind of uh, hit that reset button. We then go backstage for a promo with the Young Bucks where we're continuing the basketball metaphor. And now we have Luchasaurus acting as Dikembe Mutombo. <laughs> really good stuff. Super fun. That was that, that, uh, that was kind of funny. I, I yeah, that was nice. That. That, it's, it's a nice payoff to like what last week was. And again, we talk about the Young Bucks being insufferable heels. It was like one of those moments for the fans, one of those moments for the haters to, you know, get them back and go, ah, you know, that little... Because you need that. You need those little moments of that and like those build-ups of hope and like those getting over on the bad guys to just keep that thing moving along and not to, like, exhaust fans on it, you know? You, you know, the thing is, is that besides, you know, high school and in, in, in college, of course, they were in, you know, the, the basketball stadium for, you know, the, 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 the Pitt Panthers. Yeah. Pittsburgh, not really a basketball city. They don't have an NBA team, which is no, odd for a major city like Pittsburgh. Pitt's, uh, Pitt's had a couple of runs in the dance, right? I think they so. They made a sort of Jeep once or twice. Oh, sorry for the yawns. I have been drinking red wine tonight. I was drinking that Francis or the Francis Ford Coppola Claret. Oh god. Really good stuff. Um so yeah, I, I you know, I college basketball is not really my realm of expertise, so I can't say It for used sure. to be. I used to be, but it's been years since I've really followed it closely. So, in any event, uh yeah, that was a that was a funny bit. And then we get Tony Schiavone in the ring with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and there's the half second, <laughs> there's the half second delay. One day. Oh my God, that gear that she had on. So Mwah. here's the thing about the gear. A lot of people will say great things about it and I'm that you have every right to. What I want to point out and what's most important here is let's go Red Wings. Um, <laughs> that being said, that being said, this was a, a, a like the crowd set the tone for this, but Britt delivered. Uh, Paul, first of all, die mad about it. Second of all, um, you know what? I don't care. I, I don't care about the pirates at all. But um, even though you know what, PNC Park, nice place. I've been there. I've been to that. I've heard. Park. I've heard it, nice things. It is a good. It is a uh, good. I've heard park. it's lovely. It is a lovely place. I have to say, but yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, you know what? Pandering to a hometown isn't always my thing, but goddamn it, I'll make a, an exception for this one. My God, you that was... have to do it here. Like, there's no way. Like, there's no way you. Oh, don't. I know, but yeah. like, Britt Baker's a hometown hero. You're coming off of a pandemic where these hometown pops are going to be especially. They're going to be outsized everywhere you go. Oh yeah. So I you mean... spend the next year doing this. If you have a hometown wrestler, you feature them, especially when that hometown wrestler is Britt fucking Baker DMD. Uh, anyway, she cut a great promo and then Red Velvet attacks her. And Britt uh... had this crowd eating out of the palm of her hand. This needs to like really be like nailed home. Brit 
fucking crushed this one, man. Oh, it was it was it was massive. I loved this. This delivered like a really emotional response, and it was just so awesome. Uh, she's a star. She's just like a brand carrying star. She is the main event of this first episode of AEW Rampage on Friday, and deservedly so. And Red Velvet has shown herself to be a worthy foe of this so far, and I'm really excited about this match, Jeff. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Now, mind you, I don't think I'm actually going to watch the show live, but I am going to record it, and I'll watch it Saturday morning. Because, you know, wrestling on Saturday morning... We do love wrestling on Saturday morning. And the good news for our listeners is they can still hear one of our takes right after the show at twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. Wow. Uh, we then get a backstage uh, – well, actually, no, it was a pre-taped uh, vignette with uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. And so that, that will continue, which goes into our fifth match of the evening, uh, Machine Gun Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, the Good Brothers, versus Super Smash Bros, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson for the Impact World Tag Team Championship. Scott DeMore joins on commentary. Good for Scott. You know, every time that you say Machine Gun Carl Anderson, for some reason, part of my brain is still half expecting you to say Machine Gun Kelly. And like one day I want you to be right. I want you to be like, oh, Machine Gun Kelly's wrestling tonight. Which has happened. Machine Gun Kelly got powerbombed through a table on Raw once. Yeah, but what are the odds of that? Of, of me actually saying that? I mean, I guess until Machine Gun Kelly shows up on the show, unlikely. But, again, Machine Gun Kelly has been on pro wrestling television. So, you know, never say never. Uh, Maybe Megan Fox likes AEW. You know, the biggest uh, the, the, the biggest uh, story from this, of course, once again, Stu Grayson, completely underrated. God, he's so good. And Uno is is up there. Like, these two guys, this is one of the hottest tag teams on the entire roster right now. And back to our conversation about a log jam at the top of the tag team division, you got to put Dark Order up there. They have two tag teams that you can probably put up there, but Uno and Grayson right now, holy shit. Uh, the Good Brothers do retain with a magic killer. Um, but a match that you could have seen Uno and Grayson winning throughout and a match that featured a lot of just really great ring work. Evil Uno, especially like Grayson is the guy that puts over those like big spots and like those wow you kind of things. But Evil Uno is such an incredible table setter. He's like he really puts it there for people and like a they have a very Dudley like kind of chemistry, right? Okay. Like they're really good at kind of playing off of each other and they don't have like exactly similar move sets, but they complement each other really well and they play off each other's energy in, in just an incredibly effective way. And it rem and that's that's the kind of thing I feel when I see like the Dudley boys and, and tag teams like them. You know, I am going to point out that I think that finally now is become apparent what the benefit was to Impact because now Impact is actually getting exposure now now we yeah. had we've had the tag team titles and now we're gonna have you know kenny versus christian on uh you know is the very first match on uh on aew rampage so yeah and i think if you're aew that partnership pays off short term for you and you're looking at it that way and if you're impact the partnership pays off more down the line and you're looking at it that way. So I think those rewards you see at different points with these two promotions, but I still, you know, uh, from the start, I felt like it was a mutually beneficial relationship. We talked about that on the podcast. We talked about the biggest thing, you know, AEW getting is Don Callis, which has still proven true. Um, 
but yeah, Impact getting this talent exchange and getting you know these belts getting to be defended on these AEW programs, and if somebody wins one of these belts, like I, that's the thing is if Christian Cage wins this belt from Kenny uh, at Rampage, that puts a lot of eyes on Impact, and you're gonna have the chance to have Christian defend that belt on Impact. That puts a lot of eyes on your program, even if Christian loses to Kenny at All Out, which he probably will. Yeah. Uh, speaking of crossovers with other promotions, we get a promo from the NWA Women's World Champion, Camille, yeah. as she uh, puts a legit Layla Hirsch on blast. Of course, that match will happen on the 28th of August at uh, the NWA's. What, what? What? I didn't catch the name. Of the, is it Empower? Empower. Yeah. The, yeah. That their pay their women's pay per view. Okay. That's how many R's there were. I was just trying to read it out. I un- understood. understood. you got to spell it phonetically. Right. Uh, we then get uh, QT Marshall in the ring. And, oh, God. Why? Well, well, okay. I'm glad you asked why, Jeff. So I've talked about this. You've talked about this. There's not a lot of QT Marshall fans out there, right? No. Like, not a lot of people are tuning into the show for QT Marshall. No one really cares about QT Marshall, Jeff. Um, I actually talked about this the other day um, with my wrestling brain co-host, Nick East, too. And I told him, there's nothing you can do to get me to care about QT Marshall or what happens to him on AEW. Okay. I have to take that back, Jeff. I have to walk that statement back. Because I absolutely do care about seeing QT Marshall get choke slammed to the seventh ring of hell. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, I didn't catch the name of Tony Shivani's son. Like they said it three uh, times. Chris. I mean, Chris. Oh, Chris Shivani. Okay, because because it all seemed to like merge together. I, I couldn't pick out the names. So. Chris Shivani. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So I guess so Chris gets beat up. Uh, Paul White comes out. Paul White choke slams Aaron Solo, and it looks like it's going to be QT Marshall and Paul White either at Rampage or All Out. And cool, I would like to see Paul White choke slam QT Marshall. Fine, sign yeah, me up. Works for me. Sign me up. If you, this is great usage of Paul White right here. He gets to come out there, beat a bunch of dudes that everybody hates up, and get a pop from the crowd. Perfect. Fantastic. Remember that brief period of time when Sid Vicious was in ECW. God, I want Sid Vicious in AEW. Oh God, I would love, oh I would God. love Sid Vicious to no show a fucking pay per view for AEW. There's nothing I'd like more. <laughs> Cut one of his nonsensical promos. Oh, and... I, God, nothing I would like. Um, Sid, here's the thing, Jeff. I <laughs> Sid Vicious rules. I fucking love Sid Vicious. I was look, I was a child when Psycho Sid was like a WWF champion, and I thought that shit was amazing. So like, <laughs> you know, li- 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 literally, that shit was amazing. Like the actual time he took a shit, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, we then we then get some footage from I think Elevation where uh, Joy Janela betrays Sunny Kiss and yeah, I watched that. You uh, know, we watched that Twitch stream. Uh, Sunny, it was sad. Sunny Kiss does not need Joey Janela, and you know I have to think when some of these three year deals are expiring, Joey Janela has to be one of the guys getting cut. Wrong. Very wrong. Has to be. He, he is a complete. 
He is a complete flop in AEW. Also wrong. I, I also disagree with this. He just simply wasn't put in those positions because he has other shit going on. And he's utilized in these spots because I think that the biggest benefit to Joey Janela being on your roster is the relationship with GCW and relationship with other talent. Joey Janela means a lot more to wrestling than he does his in-ring work. Uh, he is a, a strong wrestling mind and an important part of the wrestling business. And like a major part of, of professional wrestling's resurgence, especially on the indies. Like that's just, and it's just fact. Like Joey Janela's spring break is one of the biggest reasons that indie wrestling's a thing again. Okay, and, and I get that, but as an in-ring worker in AEW, he's a flop. I'm sorry. Wrong again. No. Joey doesn't have bad matches. Like tell me times that Joey sucked or looked bad. He, he hasn't exactly had good ones either, so. I don't really think that's true. I thought all of Joey's matches have been fine. Joey, for the last 12 to 18 months, hasn't been heavily featured on the card. That's how it works. This is pro wrestling. It's a two-hour show every week. Um, There will be times that Joey will be like put up in those spots, and then he'll disappear again. Joey won't be a top champion on the show. Joey might be a TNT champion at some point. I could absolutely see that. But there's jo guys like Joey Janela have a, a, a certain position on a show like this. And I think he fills that role. Well, I think calling him a flop or calling him a disappointment would be a disservice to what he's accomplished and to what I think the set out goals for a guy like Joey Janela are in the first place. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let the philosophers decide on that one. Yes. Aren't um... we the philosophers? We have the podcast. <laughs> we have the podcast. We're the philosophers. <laughs> Our main event of the evening, Chris Jericho versus Wardlow with MJF, not as the guest referee, as we were originally assuming it was. This is a guy who's there in a pink suit, just like yeah. a dude who's hanging. There in a pink suit. Uh, this is the fourth labor of Jericho. MJF is here. Is he at ringside? No. Is he a referee? No. What's he doing? He's vibing. <laughs> with special guest vibing MJF. Boy, there were a lot of power bombs in this match. As there should be. <laughs> It's this a, was, you know, powerful guys. This was Power Bomb Fest 2021, I think. Powerful guys in a powerful match doing powerful moves. Uh, MJF does get his ass kicked out by Aubrey Edwards. And uh, with that, Jericho cheats to and uses Floyd to, to, whack, uh, to whack Wardlow. Then hits Look, a Judas man, effect. He's had a, long, he's, had a long he's had a long couple of weeks. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, Jericho gets the win on... Uh, on Wardlow, and he is How did for... he get the win, Jeff? With a Judas effect, like I already said. Interesting. More on that later. Uh, yeah, more on that in about 30 seconds. Um, so he is, he is 4 oh, yeah. <laughs> he's four and 0 oh on the labors. Uh, Sean, Spear, Sean Spears comes in and attacks. 4 and 0. Oh, number 40, Henrik Zetterberg. Continue. <laughs> uh, Sammy Guevara comes in and makes the save, and then... Uh, MJF gets involved again and uh, makes Jericho tap to assault of the earth uh, Fujiwara armbar. Uh, MJF then I love how I love how he he made it he pulled it he made him tap and then he stopped he pulled the arm brace off and then did it again. Yeah. I thought that was a really good touch. Uh, so we get the final labor of Jericho next week in Houston. So it's uh, I'm kind of surprised that they're actually doing this before all out. I thought this would be like a blow-off match at All Out. 
but it which turns- is interesting because it sets up what's next for these guys at all out because i don't expect jericho to miss all out yeah um so the fifth labor will be, of course, Chris Jericho versus MJF himself at last. And uh, the Judas effect is banned to the point where the song Judas will not be played. Yeah, he has to walk out to silence. He has to not do the Judas effect. He has to win with, well, uh, I don't even want to put this energy out there because I don't want to jinx it. I mean, he has like, what, three other finishers? Yeah, but like, what if he won with a classic Lion Tamer? Oh yeah. What if he won with a lion tamer El Clasico? There we go. Oh, I mean, I he, I mean, he, I mean, that. he busts out Codebreaker really early in the in the match too. So yeah, and I could see another. I mean, we're gonna see him do all the finishers of Jericho, but like winning with an old school lion tamer, to me, is the way to go for this match because I think you know Jericho, and and this kind of ties in with the story of him. You know, he's pulled out like the different kind of uh, phases of Jericho. This would be a really great time to kind of bring that lion heart out. And he sort of did with Hooventude, but he didn't finish with uh, with Lion Tamer. No, he did not. So, so and, and like he was kind of past the lion heart with his feud with Hoovy. You know what I mean? He was healed by then. So I would love him to like be like a classic, the lion heart, like Corazon de Leon to mm. beat MJF. Ah, and with that, we end episode 87, like Sidney Crosby of AEW Dynamite. Who? (laughs) Oh, Paul, die mad about it. And and by the way, plug yourself, too. Oh, I will. You can follow me on Twitter at CoolStepUncle. This very podcast on Twitter at BGTDPodcast. The Twitch feed is back live. It is twitch.tv slash thickflare. And starting this Friday, you can see me on Wrestling Brain at twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. Immediately after AEW Rampage goes off the air, uh, me and Nick East We'll be recapping, reliving, revisiting uh, AEW Rampage and having all kinds of fun with the chat. So please come hang out with us there. Follow, subscribe to Wrestling Brain. So that's twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain. BGTD Podcast on Twitter, this account. Twitch.tv slash Thick Flare. Uh, at Cool Stuff Uncle on Twitter. Those are all the plugs. Thank you. You can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter or my personal Twitter at GDWessel, two S's, one L. Um, I did drop... We... Uh, we, let's try that again. Uh, we dropped uh, our uh, 2021 edition of Likely or Unlikely at the Busting Balls podcast where we preview the season uh, with likely scenarios because that starts on Friday too. God damn it. And, of course, it's you know the match I wanted to see, Brentford versus Arsenal because, you know. Big day on Friday, folks. Big day for content. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah, this is a big wrestling weekend, really, it turns out. It sure as hell is. And, uh. I don't know if I'll be able to. Yeah, I'll be. I'll talk about it before then. But I'll be at GCW the day before All Out weekend as well. Um, oh, so you are going to that Detroit show? I am officially going to GCW Detroit, so I'll have a lot to talk about there too. Oh, Very wow. excited. Okay. A lot, cool. a lot of wrestling happened the next couple of weeks, man. Like shit's really heating up uh, at the end of our summer here. Yeah. So folks, well, get ready, man. It's a big time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, but be excited. Wh- which, on that note, uh, if cases get any worse here in in Chicago, in the Chicago area, uh, I may have some tickets for sale. So, uh, just good news, everybody. I I am already shipping Jeff the bubble from the movie Bubble Boy. So Jeff will be there. <laughs> he'll just be in that bubble that Jake Gyllenhaal was in, and he'll look great. 
Um, if you see Jeff in the big bubble at All Out Weekend, just like go up and slap your favorite sticker on his bubble. There you go. Hey, you know what? I'll take the stickers. That's we're gonna sticker bomb Jeff until he can't see, and he's just like rolling around in a sticker bombed bubble. <laughs> Paul, any last you're words? Like, you're just like rolling around the fucking uh, galley, like uh, Hoffman Estate soccer arena. People like kicking you around like one of those like obnoxious soccer <laughs> oh, balls into the big Christ. net. <laughs> you know, that might actually be pretty fun. Four <laughs> cup stuff is just kicking Jeff around in a big ass ball. <laughs> okay, we got to end this show. Any yeah, last words? Out of here. <laughs> any last words? Let's go Red Wings. Whatever. We'll see you next week. Oh, 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 hey, and by the way, break a leg on Friday, by the way. Thank you. We'll see you next week.